pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny, episode 187. Today I'm going to chat with Diana Mueller from the DC Project, discuss a Ninth Circuit court ruling on the right to carry, highlight a new product from Mad Guts, and talk about the bizarre case of Hunter Biden's lost pistol. I'm your host, Ava Flannell. Diana, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Ava. Of course. I have some really great news. I just switched locations for my training business, which the old location I was at for seven years, and it was just time for an upgrade. This week, I've been busy moving everything in, setting it up. This weekend, I have classes. So yeah, if it's not set up by tomorrow, obviously, the show comes out Monday, so I would have already been set up. But I only have one more day to set everything up, and then it's go time. Well, congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. It's actually three times the size, so I'm really excited. Amazing. Yeah. Well, there's definitely a target-rich environment, no pun intended. Yeah, no kidding. And (laughs) I got to say, in the last week, once again, business is booming. Every time there's something that happens, my phone's just ringing off the hook and classes fill up really quickly. Right. It's just crazy. But before we start talking about everything that unfolded this week, I'm going to take a quick second and talk about Smith & Wesson. It's been about two weeks since the M&P Shield 9 Plus was released, and so far it's proving to be a bit of a home run. A bunch of people have already been able to get theirs, which I really love. I can't stand when a company, they release a new product and nobody has it in stock. Smith & Wesson did really well with making sure that Palmetto State Armory, Brownells, all of these companies were stocked with the Shield Plus so that you could buy it that day or that week after seeing it. If you guys haven't checked it out, it's basically the exact same footprint of a shield like the Gen 1, but this one holds 13 rounds of 9mm and it shoots really well. It's compact. It's really no bigger than the Springfield Hellcat. It's really easy to conceal. If you want to check out my review, just head on over to my YouTube channel. Otherwise, head on over to smith-wesson.com and you can get more information there. Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry. All right, so Diana, I actually had you on the show on episode 159 back in the fall. And since then, I actually have gotten quite a few listeners. For those who aren't familiar with who you are and what you do, can you just give us a quick synopsis? Sure. I was a Tulsa police officer for 22 years. I loved my career, but I kind of switched gears in order to pursue a career as a professional shooter. So I have been in the shooting sports for about 11 years now. And during that time, it's been put on my heart to become a Second Amendment advocate and to be more active and engaged in that sect of our, you know, what's important to our community. Mm-hmm. And then also kind of in the same vein is we founded, my husband and I founded the Ambassador Academy, which is a five-day class focused towards people who are in our space and how to speak, how to interview, how to have hostile communications and how to handle those things. So 
things that I needed throughout the 10, 11 years that I've been in this space. I hired all these subject matter experts and packaged them into one and now present that to the public as a class. Wow. That's amazing. I don't think you mentioned that the last time and I wasn't aware that you did that. That's a great idea. Yeah. Several years into shooting, I got in with Michael Bain and was co-hosting on his shooting gallery Mm -hmm. episodes. And I'm smiling and laughing because it was just like, I was watching my so excited, you know, I'm on TV and I'd watch it. And I was like, I'd call him and I was like, Michael, I suck. I want to take classes. Where can I go to get some (laughs) classes? And he'd say, oh, you're doing great. You're doing great. And I was like, no, really, I have a TV. I can see it. (laughs) Yeah. And so it was kind of stemmed from there that I felt that there was a need. And then, you know, it's really difficult in today's culture, the cancel culture and the culture war that we are in with the Second Amendment and guns and gun ownership, that it's really important for our community to be able to articulate why we believe what we believe. And Mm -hmm. if you don't practice those things and somebody asks you out of the blue, you know, why does anybody need an AR-15? It's really difficult to answer in a quick effective way. So those are the kind of questions that we practice. And we practice talking about product stuff. It's a lot of things that, you know, as a professional shooter or sponsored shooter might do, Mm -hmm. but really it's for anybody. We go over a lot of life lessons, social media, everybody needs to know how to do social media. We do filming and editing with the capabilities of our phones you know, it's really easy for everybody to have those capabilities. So we really pack a lot of punch in this five days. Mm -hmm. Uh, We also have one full day is nothing but personal protection. And we hold it at a place called WAF, which is West Orlando Firearms Training. It's outside of Orlando, Florida. And we call it Tactical Disneyland because it is literally like a five-star resort for shooting. And it's all based around concealed carry, scenario-based training, They have a coffee shop that's completely dedicated to force on force, you know, flashlights all the way up to force on force. So what I love about the place is that they will never, it's not cookie cutter. Mm -hmm. So you're not walking into, you and I could be, you could be a one on the scale. I could be a 10 on the scale of firearms, you know, um, expertise, and he'll give you what you need and he'll give me what I need. It's not just 101, 201, 301 classes. It's very individualized. So WAF.com, if anybody's interested in that, I highly recommend it. Okay, nice. And then that's where we have the Ambassador Academy. Right now, we're only having one class a year, and it's usually in the springtime, February and March. So yeah, it's a great time. Everybody seems to really enjoy it. All they have to do is just go to WAF.com, and they can register for that class. His classes. Okay. Uh, the Ambassador Academy is at ambassadoracademy.info. Okay, perfect. And that's where you can uh, get more information and get on our mailing list there. Okay, cool. All right. So I wanted to have you on the show to talk about the tragedy that happened in Boulder, Colorado this week. It's one of those things, I think, as always in these cases, terrible tragedies get immediately politicalized. And so right. many people don't even stop to feel for the people who died, which in itself is extremely tragic. And I even feel guilty about this because anytime I hear there's an active shooter, oh gosh, I wonder what gun are they using? I hope it's not an AR. You just start thinking and you're not really thinking of the victims, which is really crappy. That's kind of, for me, that's kind of where we have gotten today uh, in this world. We automatically think politics. Right. You're right. And I think about the people I think about, oh my gosh, I wish there's somebody there that had a concealed carry that could stop the violence. Mm Mm-hmm. I am firm 
and thinking that if I were in that store and I didn't have a firearm that I would lean towards wanting to be able to protect myself. Mm -hmm. I don't understand how people walk out of that store and say, Oh, I want gun control. Now this has made me want gun control. Why would you not consider being your own first responder? Why would you not consider, you know, I just saw somebody that had a wound that didn't have to die that bled out. Why would you not think about carrying a tourniquet? Mm -hmm. Why do you, you know, it's just so sad. The state of our union and our citizens are so eager to give up their rights and to give their protection over to a third party that isn't even there. Absolutely. Um, So it really is dividing us even more because I do believe there's a lot of people that were in the middle or people that were even on the left side of the politics that have come to realize that cops are not going to protect you. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at Portland. They set the cops on fire. They defunded the cops. Mm -hmm. I mean, if 2020 doesn't teach you anything, it should teach you that you are your own first responder. So I feel like this is a losing proposition for the Democrats that are pushing this. I feel like there's a lot of people that are saying, hey, you're talking about defunding the police and you're talking about disarming me at the same time. Exactly. Although they won't say that, you know, they're playing their cards well and they're telling the masses and the media are telling the masses and the Kool-Aid they're drinking is that, oh, we're just doing common sense background checks. We're doing common sense this, we're doing common sense that. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the bigger picture and you listen to some of them, some of them will tell you that they want to disband, disarm the American public. Mm -hmm. And that's where they're going. That's where all gun control has led to in other countries in the past and history. And history repeats itself by people who do not learn from it. Yeah, definitely. What we know about the shooter, because they haven't really released too much information, but we know that he's a Syrian immigrant. He lived most of his life in the U.S. I think he got here when he was maybe two or three. The tragedy ended up killing 10 people, including a police officer. We don't know anything about the motive at this point, but he's been described as someone with a bad temper and had previously made threats to attack people at the Trump rallies. He had also been arrested previously for assault and criminal mischief, and his family described him as troubled and paranoid. The family reportedly saw him messing with the gun before the attack and took it away from him temporarily which I don't believe he's 21. They haven't really disclosed this, but what it sounds like is, I think it was like a week or so beforehand, he did go to a store and he bought a Ruger AR-556, which he did a background check. Yeah. I think the media wants to portray, oh, it's probably some white guy shooter, has like a high power assault rifle. And in some of this stuff, whatever they're trying to impose, like right now they're trying to make sure that there's background checks nationwide. And this is the perfect example of background checks. Regardless, if somebody wants to hurt somebody else, there's always going to be a way. But in this case, he actually did legally purchase it. It's just that. Right. Well, well, let's talk to your audience about why we uh, oppose stricter background checks, because background checks, universal background checks can only be legitimized by a registry. You can't enforce something that you don't know where they're at. Mm -hmm. So that's going to require, that is really a a really slick way of getting a registry without saying that they're getting a registry. And to us, people who are woke, we recognize that once they know where all the guns are, that is the last hurdle they need in order to effectively confiscate everything in the future. I'm playing chess here. I'm not playing checkers. and. 
uh, a lot of people can't accept that. They don't look past the next move. So that's why we do not support universal background checks. Uh, we do not. We know that that will lead to a registry and registries will lead to confiscation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. When this happened, you were actually in D.C. and you got together with Maj Trey and Chris Chang and you discussed it. Can you talk a little bit about what you guys discussed? Right. Well, I actually had an opportunity to testify in uh, September of 2019, but I had like a month to prepare. But you saw how fast they pushed that through, uh, those bills through the House. They didn't even have committee hearings on them. They didn't even listen to anybody else but themselves. They just pushed it through, pushed a vote, put it to the Senate. And then Chris got notification on Friday, last Friday, not even a week ago, Chris got notified that he was testifying on Tuesday. He called me to get my experience when I testified and we started talking. And I was like, you know, who's going to go with you? And he's like, well, nobody. And I said, well, if you can't find anybody else. I'll go with you. And then he got me approved. And I was like, well, if they're going to let you bring people, let's put Maj in there too and try to play the optics game. Mm-hmm. And this was one of the first hearings that they have been at in person. So that was a huge win for us. I was in my Teal for 2A Educate Not Legislate shirt that have AR-15s on it. And I'm sitting behind a great witness. Uh, Chris did a fantastic job. If your audience hasn't seen it, just go to Chris Chang's Top Shot Chris's page and and take a look at his five-minute opener because he did a fantastic job. And one of the things that I found really interesting was after I heard Susanna Hupp testify again that day, she lost her parents in the 1990s in the Luby's massacre and it was a gun-free zone. And I have heard her testify before. And then once I got back home yesterday or the day before, I saw an old video of her. Same testimony, same points, and some of the same people. You got old Chuck Schumer sitting up there. And, you know, I'm like, we have been battling this fight for 30 years, you know, hard. And they're incessant. And it's very, very, very tiring. But our side, I want to ask your audience to not give up and to not grow weary and to continue to push back against it. And actually, you know, a lot of this stuff is coming through where they're going to win is that they're propagandizing to our children through the school systems to hate America. And you've seen that over the last handful of years where they've started kneeling for the anthem and they've made that normal Mm -hmm. uh, to, to make their social justice claims. So they're really pulling at the fabric of what keeps us all together. And that's my biggest concern. So I've been asking my audiences to consider running for school board, running for state and local offices, running for federal office. I mean, constitutionally sound people are going to have to get involved or we're going to live with these people shoving their agendas down our throats, trampling our rights and uh, ruining our country. Actually, you know, I really like that. That's something that I've never thought to push was to try to get people to get out there and run for these spots. But it's actually a great idea. And that's, I think, something that would really help us out. It would. It, you know, I, I lived in Tulsa, Oklahoma for almost 30 years. And I had lunch with one of my state reps not too long ago. And they told me that there were zero, zero conservative voices on Tulsa Public School Board. So you're looking at a city that's in the Bible Belt, but it's a city and it's one of the bigger cities, 350,000 in a state. So look at the 
you know, look at the audience that they have to train, to influence, to propagandize to. And I feel like we are so far on our heels that we may never be able to get it back, but I'm going to go down doing as much as I can and stirring the pot as much as I can. Mm -hmm. Let's go back to the reason that you were in D.C., which was for the Senate hearings for H.R. 8 and H.R. 1446. And the shooting in Boulder occurred the day before that without any facts of the case being known. Obviously, immediate calls for gun control came to the White House and others. Talk about not waiting a second. And, you know, I got to say, I'm not one to, I guess, wear the tinfoil hat. Although I will say that after everything with COVID, if I feel like lately, I guess I am wearing the tinfoil hat. But I also kind of felt that the people that they interviewed, the video footages that they took, well, people were in the grocery stores. It seemed like their reactions were really weird. Because I would assume that anybody who is about to lose a loved one or they're in the store where there's an active shooter, and yet you're just calmly recording and being loud even after you hear gunshots. And the whole thing was just kind of bizarre to me. And I'm not saying that it was staged or anything, but you can't help but think, huh, something just didn't feel right about it. Well, on one hand, there is no normal reaction to a critical incident like that. But on the other hand, I don't put anything past anybody anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want to wear the tinfoil hat either. Mm -hmm. But when you see the way the media, you know, you've seen the video of like 10 different TV stations across the nation and they line them up back to back to back and they're saying the exact same thing, the Mm -hmm. exact same narrative. Yeah. You have to recognize that there is a coordinated effort. Mm -hmm. And I think it was even the New York Times they did a piece after the election and they were talking about, they called it fortified. They fortified the election. I was like, I get it. I call it stealing, but you calling it fortifying and you put it in print, mm-hmm. got the balls to put it in print. And then people still look at me like I say when there's election integrity questions and you're just a conspiracy theorist. Well, yeah. yeah. So I, uh, I think that they throw that around a lot and they dismiss you because they disagree with you and want to paint you as crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. But I don't know. It was just weird. There's one guy being interviewed and he said his daughter and uh, grandson, they were hiding in a closet. I and, saw that. Yeah. Well, where's your daughter now? Well, she's coming out soon. I think she's just exiting the store. She's like, with a bunch of police officers in the back. Why wouldn't you be there right there by her side? Just at the thought <laughs> that there was a chance that you could have possibly lost her instead. He's like, yep, this just goes to show that you really got to enforce gun control. And I was just like, what the hell? And he was just so calm about it. And then there's another guy who's just holding out his camera phone. Please, someone call 911. And, you know, there's more gunfire. And he's just up there walking around the grocery store, still just filming everything. I'm sorry, if I heard gunfire, I would be taking cover instead of just, hey, somebody call 911. I think Americans are so spoiled and we are so affluent and we're in this bubble and we don't think anything can happen to us until it happens to us. Yeah. So, you know, I've seen that. I've seen that as a police officer, you know, that I remember there was like a 13 year old girl that was standing on the porch and talking smack to some girl that was walking by with a knife and she's like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Stab me? So she goes up there and she stabs her to death. Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, you know, there's something to learn from all this, you guys, your audience, is that if you hear, if you feel like there's danger, you should 
respond to that. Mm -hmm. Another thing that I had thought of when I saw the, the bodies laying in the parking lot, I was like, you know, this is a training opportunity for people because if you think someone is alive, if you have people with you, you can use your car as some cover. Mm -hmm. You can try to help people. You can, if there's somebody shooting in a parking lot and you can use your car like a bullet, you mm -hmm. can run over them. Mm -hmm. But those are things that you don't really think about unless you previously think about it. You're mm -hmm. not just going to think about that on the spot. Oh yeah. I've taught that in my class many times. You have to have that mindset. If it's me right. or them, they're going down and I'm doing whatever possible in order to get out alive. You have yep. to decide that now because most people are going to freeze mm -hmm. and not run to somebody's aid. But I completely agree. And even the fact, let's say he did have an AR. Uh, I think they're saying it was an AR with a pistol brace, which I find slightly amusing, the pistol brace. But you don't see this guy walking in the parking lot with a gun. Just like you said, you could have just ran him over. I don't know when the first person called 911, but the whole thing just seems really odd. And of course, this also happened in a gun-free zone and in Boulder, which just a few days prior, Boulder had made it so that quote-unquote assault rifles were prohibited. And that actually got overturned saying that this county's laws do not supersede the state laws. And this was just a few days prior before the shooting happened. It's just, right. I don't know, very coincidental, Timing. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to take a quick break and talk about SB Tactical. If you've got a BNT, APC, or the HKUMP pistol, you need to check out the SBTI brace from SB Tactical. It's a skeletonized version of the SBT pistol brace with an integral side folding mechanism for a compact package. Fully deployed, it's rock solid with a fixed length of 10.5 inches. The whole kit comes ready to install and it's only $99.99. But if you use the code GUNFUNNY15, you're going to get 15% off and that is at sb-tactical.com. You know, the biggest thing that people are not focusing on and they never have is what's the motive and what can we do to prevent things like this? And gun control is not the answer. Stricter gun laws, that's only prohibiting law-abiding citizens. Well, absolutely, it's not the answer. I mean, I can't imagine anybody visualizing being in that grocery store and saying, oh, I wish that everybody, like you have a magic wand. I wish everybody didn't have a gun. Okay, well, then take the gun away and let him have a knife and let him start stabbing people and cutting people's heads off. Mm -hmm. What? What is your option then? Yeah. I would think even if I weren't a gun owner, that, that would make me think that I want a gun. I want to train. Mm -hmm. I want to be my own first responder. I want to take my own safety into my own hands. So I don't understand the whole knee-jerk reaction of, oh, we have to take guns away from everybody. It just doesn't, it's, it's, well, it's that's not, not common sense. That's not common sense to me. Yeah. And it's not possible. It's absolutely impossible. There's well, millions of guns legislate, out there. You can't legislate morality. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've already got laws against killing people. Mm -hmm. He shouldn't have shot anybody. Yeah, exactly. And that whole mindset, oh, it's not going to happen to me. I see it all the time. And even now, every time there's a shooting, like, I hate to say it, but anytime there's something tragic that happens, then my business blows up. Everybody wants to come in, take classes, get their concealed carry. And in a way, you think I'd be happy, but it kind of pisses me off that people wait until this moment 
where now it's opening their eyes like, hey, maybe it would be a good idea if I had a gun to protect myself. Right. You bite your tongue by saying, I told you so. Yeah. And it's so difficult. <laughs> you don't want to be that person because that's not who we are, but yeah. it's, it's so maddening. It's it just really, really it's really maddening when people are so, so blinded their utopia mm-hmm. that they don't understand reality. Mm-hmm. And I just wish everybody could go be a policeman for a week and see exactly how policemen get treated and how humans behave. And <laughs> Oh, I know. I can't even imagine. I have a lot of friends that are police officers and they're honestly, they're all trying to get out right now just because, and I've said this before on the show, but police officers at this point, it seems like they have the least amount of protection. And then I'd say probably law abiding citizens. And then it's criminals like criminals nowadays have more protection than law abiding citizens and cops. Yep. And they're letting people out of jail. These prison systems are just opening the doors to really violent criminals. And whether it be for COVID or for some other reason, it's just, it just feels like it's a a coordinated attack to undermine the stability of our country. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it very well may be. I just don't know what it's going to take for good, honest, law-abiding citizens like Portland, for example. Is there not enough people in Portland to take Portland back with or without cops? Yeah. And then you see what they did to the kid in uh, Wisconsin who, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they just paint him to be a monster. Yeah. And I, I get into conversations with people and I'm like, can you not see that the kid was cleaning up some vandalism earlier, that he brought a med kit? I was, can't you put the pieces of the puzzle together to say that this is a good guy? Yeah. And they can't. They can't. They are so blinded by hate. That's what's sad is that they don't want a conversation. They want you to bow to them. They want their way. And this is how they've been acting for the four years, in my opinion, you know, from the beginning of uh, Trump's presidency, that day that they had that disgusting pink hat march. I was just appalled. Yeah. Yep, I agree. What do you think can be done? Let's say politics aside, what do you think would prevent some of these shootings from happening? Well, I... (laughs) I got banned from uh, Facebook because I did engage with some anti-gunner and, and, you know, they're like, well, if these shootings, you know, this is before the two shootings, this is like a couple of weeks ago. And they're like, if these shootings start up again, we're going to have to do something with gun control. And I was like, well, I'm going to shoot them in the face. I mean, what's wrong with this plan? Yeah. And that got me banned from Facebook for 24 hours. And so they're just making it difficult for good people to do the right thing. And they're trying to make you submit to their way of thinking. And that's what I think it's going to take. I think it's going to take really, really strong people to withstand the mob, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it be leaders or community leaders. Can you imagine somebody, you know, winning a mayoral position or a city council position and saying something that didn't align with the mob? I mean, what kind of pressure are they going to be under and and what kind of threats are they going to be under? But it's that kind of stuff. People are going to have to stand up and withstand the storm and withstand the beating of these bullies that are mandating that we do things their way, which is unconstitutional in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Do you think that because I've been, again, politics aside, I've been trying to think, okay, what really drives somebody to do this? And we may never know. It's hard for me to even wrap my mind around certain behaviors like that. I could never imagine going into a store and shooting people. Well, I think it starts, I mean, look at the Parkland shooter. Mm -hmm. It was like 40 some odd times that he had 
disciplinary action, but nobody did anything and held him accountable. He just kept being him. Mm -hmm. And people want to put more laws or more rules or more policies. And it's like those lenient policies are the ones that get us into this position. You want to give everybody a trophy and you don't want little Johnny to know how it feels to not get his way. You want to make sure that, you know, you don't hurt their little feelings. Well, their feelings need to be hurt. Their feelings need to be hurt young. And they need to know how to adjust to that. They need to know how to accept failure and to push through it. Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, when we stop spanking kids, you know, as a culture and look down upon people who did that is when we really went astray when it comes to building people with strong moral character. Yeah, I agree. Let's talk about the filibuster for a second. With everything going on right now, the Democrats are pushing to eliminate the filibuster. Can you believe that? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it could not be any more blatant. I know. I mean, they wanted it when they weren't in power. They don't want it when they are in power. They mm-hmm. do not care anymore that they don't even look fair anymore. And yeah. and to half of the country, it's completely okay because they've grown to demand their way, throw a fit until they get it, which is how they've lived the past four years at least, Mm -hmm. but they had their way the previous eight years. So those kids that have grown up now and can vote and can go out on their own, that they just, they can't handle reality. Yeah, I agree. Well, if they eliminate the filibuster, which the only Democrat that's standing between them and eliminating it is the Democratic Senator Manchin. Yes. So if they do, it'd mean that they can pass everything that they want with Harris casting the tie-breaking vote in the Senate, which is scary. It's so scary. Which which I hope that that kind of wakes up. Like I said, we've been fighting this battle for at least 30 years really hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Feinstein and Chuck Schumer have been trying to do the same thing, disarm us for a very long time. They're playing the long game. They're just now starting to reap the rewards of their work because I do feel like we're in a losing cycle right now where they have the majority of uh, people brainwashed to think that the cops are Cops and government are terrible and they're killing unarmed black men, but we're, we want them to be the only one with guns. It's just completely cognitive dissonance. I just, it's maddening. Mm-hmm. When you were in DC, what was it like? I know you recorded some footage of you walking around and it seemed like it was just pretty crazy. It was. Uh, evidently, they took the razor wire down the day before we got there. So the fence is still up around the Capitol. It's like a ghost town. There's nobody out moving. I saw more National Guard people than mm-hmm. I did anybody else in the city. It's just bizarre. The whole thing shut down. And I think that that's another piece of the puzzle to crush America is to keep us closed and and crush our businesses. Mm-hmm and economically cripple us. So I don't know how long they're going to, I think the fences are coming down, but uh, the guardsmen we talked to said that they were supposed to be there through May. So wow, it's just ridiculous. Why? Mm-hmm. And, and nobody, no, you, know, you don't hear anybody. What is the conservative people doing? What are we doing? Complaining about it on social media? Yeah. Incredible. You know, and that's one of the things I would like. I mean, they're calling us domestic terrorists already. Mm-hmm. So I Which, hate to, to mention that I would like to see more local militias, you know, organize. I don't see that happening. But yeah, they're going to call us domestic terrorists and white supremacists, regardless of what we do. So we might as well organize and be able to protect our own communities from crazy stuff that comes through, like BLM bus that wants to bust up everything. And, yeah. you know, they're not going to hold them accountable. Yeah. So aside from starting a militia. What else do you recommend that people can do to defend our rights? 
Because do you think that um, even contacting representatives is yeah, doing much? I think that that will reinforce the people who are pro 2A. They need to hear from their constituents. They need to hear also. They need We need to make some noise as well. Mm-hmm. Because if the only people that make noise, you know, the squeaky wheel is going to get the oil. And if the only people that are making noise are the people that are against the issue, then that really makes it difficult for the legislators to stand up against them. So that's what I think the DC project does a good job of is like, you know, hey, we are the counter visual. We are the counter voice to moms demand action. You can't say that all moms think like that. Here's a whole group of women that are just the opposite and think that education and not legislation is the key to safety in America. Yeah, definitely. Do you have any future plans that you can share with listeners? Uh, you know, just saving the world. That's yeah. About it. Just Actually. Little, little, little ditty. <laughs> well, the last time I saw you was at the Gundy's in Texas a month ago, and Jerry Mikulak actually gave you an award. What was that award for? That was for my work with the DC Project, basically founding the DC Project. Jerry has been a fantabulous supporter of what we're doing. I think he recognizes how effective we are and wanted to recognize my work there. And that was, that was unexpected. And that was a real treat. I mean, to have somebody of his stature recognize me in front of uh, not necessarily my peers. I mean, the Gundys are more geared towards people on YouTube and not necessarily professional shooters. So a lot of people didn't even know who I was or what the DC project was. So that was a huge opportunity. And I can't, Oh, speaking of Jerry Mitchell, I told you he's a great supporter. We have a fundraiser match. It's a two-man team match. It's so much fun. This year, it's in Versailles, Missouri, May 22nd, May 23rd, so about six, eight weeks away. And Jerry is allowing us to auction off, or not auction, but raffle off his partner, training the day before with Jerry, shooting two days with him as his partner, and then taking home a souvenir of a Mossberg JM 940 Wow! signed by him. So it's a once in a lifetime for a lot of Jerry fans. You can find that raffle at dcproject.info slash Jerry. Nice. Okay. Yeah. And if everybody would pass that around, that would be amazing because, you know, I'm, I'm not good at asking for money or fundraising and I didn't really want to start a new organization, but the DC project has kind of taken on a life of its own. And I do believe that we're effective. And I do believe that our side needs a body that pushes back against the red shirts of mom's demand action. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to continue to to ride this train as long as we can put gas in the tank. And uh, that's what we need the most is, you know, financial support to continue to grow. We have amazing volunteers, but we need a little bit more structure and we need a little bit more horsepower to carry this through and and be even more effective. Mm -hmm. And I was actually thinking the other day that I think women's voices nowadays are probably more effective than even minorities. And women obviously fall into that category. But voicing our opinions, I think, rings so much louder than your typical, what most people perceive as a gun owner. And so that's why any chance I get, I'm actually working on an article right now about discussing politics at a gun store or as an instructor or anything like that. And I've realized that a lot of people, nope, I don't talk about politics. I don't share politics with my students or my customers. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you voice your opinion, especially when you're making your livelihood depends on whether certain rules and regulations get passed? So why wouldn't you be out there trying to educate people on what's going on? Because most people have no idea. 
And I personally take the opportunity and the chance I get, I think my students, I'm surprised I haven't received a bad review by now. I make sure that they know exactly where I stand by the time class is done. And I just take the opportunity and obviously I'm teaching them gun safety, but I take the opportunity to kind of slide in some, some political stuff. Thank you. Thank you for doing that because that's true. You know, there is a cancel culture and people from our side want to draw as little attention, negative attention to themselves as possible. But you're right. This is our livelihood there. Mm -hmm. You know, why would you not take a stand and for truth? I mean, it's the truth. I mean, in that vein, um, on dcproject.info, on our landing page, I believe it is, you can sign up for a free download. And it's a one-pager, and it talks about how to have these difficult conversations with your friends, your family, and your community. You know, strategy about don't rely on facts and things like that. You know, use the emotional pleas as well. I mean, we have people who are saved by guns every day. We have people who were denied a chance to have a gun and lost a loved one. So we have just as emotional stories as the other side. It's just that we believe that the exact opposite is true, that, you know, firearms are the great equalizer and that I can protect myself and I am worth protecting. There are some people that do not think that they are worth protecting. There are some people that in their brains think that I would never, ever, ever shoot anybody regardless of what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And that is on them. I am not going to condemn them or beat them up for being an idiot. <laughs> but there is somebody that you love enough that if they were being tortured, that you would probably take action, but they just haven't taken their brain down that path. And it's, it's just too foreign to them. They're so soft and they're so spoiled that they have no idea what kind of evil does walk this earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. Actually, I think I'm going to talk to you after the show about maybe getting a few quotes from you about it. And I just signed up for that one page letter about how to talk about gun safety. Uh So thanks for that. Good. Okay. Moving forward. IWI. Not everyone knows this, but IWI, it is an Israeli company, but they also have a factory in Middletown, Pennsylvania, where they build just about everything that they sell in the U.S. market. It was a super smart move on their part, especially over the last year with COVID impacting shipping. I'd say that they planned this just in time. It's great because even with the buying frenzy, I keep seeing their guns come in stock, which includes the Zion 15. It's a super solid AR designed for the U.S. market. MSRP on those is just $8.99. And I've seen that price be pretty consistent. So they're not price gouging. I can't say that about other companies, but I have been consistently seeing them for a great price. I would highly recommend check that out. It's just everything that you would want in an AR-15. Also, if you head on over to their website, iwi.us, and if you find any accessories that you want, extra magazines, anything like that, patches, use the code GUNFUNNY15, and that gets you 15% off, and that is at iwi.us. Today in politics. Politics. What is going on in the world today? It's political AF. Ninth Circuit rules there is no right to carry in public. On Wednesday, the Ninth Circuit Court, which presides over Alaska, Arizona, California, Hawaii, Idaho, Montana, Nevada, Oregon, and Washington, issued a ruling in the case of Young versus Hawaii that the Second Amendment does not protect any individual's right to openly carry in public. 
A previous ruling by the Ninth Circuit in 2016 declared that the Second Amendment does not protect an individual's right to carry concealed in public. Both cases were challenges to Hawaii's near-complete ban on allowing anyone to obtain a permit to carry a firearm for self-defense. In practice, only private detectives and security guards are able to obtain any form of carry permit in Hawaii. Coming through the Ninth Circuit, this outcome was expected and ultimately the case would end up before the Supreme Court in either outcome. What does this mean? Well, basically things stay as they are. This doesn't mean that if you have a concealed carry permit that it will be revoked. It does mean if you are in a state that makes it impossible to obtain a permit for regular people that it's going to stay that way for now. While the landmark Heller and McDonald cases specifically dealt with the right to keep a firearm in one's home for self-defense, the majority opinions include that the right was, quote unquote, most acute or most notable within the home. This clearly implies that the right doesn't extend outside the home. The majority opinion on this case, however, clearly goes against the president and states that there is no right whatsoever to carry outside the home which is clearly and blatantly wrong and clearly biased interpretation of the Second Amendment and case presidents. Yeah. Well, let's hope the Supreme Court actually steps up to the plate because they've been sidestepping a lot of 2A cases. I know. I don't actually remember. Yeah, they've been dismissing a ton of 2A cases, which is just the disservice to our constitution. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It really is. But yeah, that's disheartening. Seems like there was another piece of, oh, the the good news on legislation, the bump stocks. Yeah, exactly. As of today, we recorded this show a few days before Monday. And as of right before I was about to start the show, I just got word that Gun Owners of America won the bump stock case. I don't know exactly what all that entails. I didn't have a chance to really look it over. Did you have a chance to... I didn't. I just saw the kind of the blip report come through and I've had my head buried and trying to dig out of emails and work. So um, I just saw the headlines and, and hoping that at least that's a step in the right direction. Yeah, I completely agree, especially because the shooter last week, I don't even want to say his name, but apparently on his AR, there was a brace, which I think the whole brace thing, the whole issue, whether it should be legal, illegal, I think it's stupid. I don't think that it makes you shoot any faster. I don't think that it gives you really any benefit. Even if, let's say, it it makes it smaller, you're still not going to be able to conceal an AR pistol with a brace on it that well. Well, certainly, it's just kind of like a bump stock. It's a novelty. mm -hmm. And it doesn't help you be a better shooter. It helps you be a worse shooter. So... You can take that for whatever you want. I mean, <laughs> would you like for people to actually hit what they're aiming at? Or yeah. do you want them to be, uh, you know, errant in their ways? Well, I just don't understand what their reasoning for why it should be illegal or why even SBR should be illegal. Like, I don't really understand the reasoning because it's shorter. Yeah. It's deadlier. I honestly think that there is an overall plan to disarm America and it doesn't matter what these laws make sense or not. It's just it's just death by a thousand cuts. Mm -hmm. So they just keep coming back and hacking and hacking and hacking and hacking. If one of them sticks, then they move the ball down the field. And, you know, I love seeing all this pushback through these states that are enacting constitutional carry. I mean, states are really reacting to trying to protect their citizenry from what's coming down the tubes federally. Yeah. Manicore arms.
if you've got a Scorpion Evo and you have a thing for bull pups, you should check out the Manicore Arms Bullpup Kit. I've got a review of it up on my YouTube channel so you can check out how it goes together and how it shoots. It definitely gives the Evo a space gun look, especially if you add a Manicore Arm 4-end carry handle like mine has. Sven designed it to look like the gun from Aliens. The kit is also reversible. They say it takes about 15 minutes. It took me a little bit longer than that. Uh, I'd say maybe 45 minutes or something, but it wasn't hard to do. And like I said, there's no permanent changes. You could always go back. It's a great way if you're kind of getting sort of bored with your Scorpion Evo carbine. I would definitely recommend check out the kit. The Bullpup kit is $3.95. And if you order one, they also give you 20% off if you add a Manicore Arms 4 into your order. And then, of course, if you use the code GUNFUNNY15, you will get 15% off. And that is at manicorearms.com. Okay, today's Q&A. Q&A. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Just kidding. Visit gunfunny.com forward slash contact to submit yours. Somebody wants to know what kind of weapon light do you recommend for carry? Personally, I like the brands Surefire and Streamlight. I think that they are really reliable. They have a good reputation for rugged and reliable lights. I think the only problem is, and I definitely think a light's a good idea. I'm not really in favor of lasers, but the only problem is, is finding a light that fits your gun and then also finding a holster that's going to fit the light on your gun. Right. That's the biggest thing. Definitely look into that. Some of these guns don't even have a rail that you can attach your light to. So that's also something to think about. But you really want to make sure that they make a light for the gun that you have and that there is an option for a holster out there because you're obviously going to have to have it custom made. But a lot of holster companies don't necessarily make a holster for that light because they don't have one in stock. That's my two cents. Either way, stick with a good, reliable light and use good batteries. I concur. Primary arms. I just noticed they have a bunch of U.S. Palm AK-47 mags in stock. These ones are bright yellow with a light blue follower and bottom plate to look like a banana. Pretty appropriate, right? They even come with a banana magazine patch. U.S. Palm is well known for making reliable magazines. These are a limited edition and are on sale right now for $29.99, so definitely act fast. I actually just put a few in my cart because I thought they were pretty cool, and it just sort of separates that, I don't know, kind of gives you a little playful look to your AK. And yeah, head on over there. It's at primaryarms.com. Also, if you find a primary arms optic that you like, don't forget to use the code AVA, A-V-A, and that gets you a free primary arm scope mount. Again, that is at primaryarms.com. Tacti Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. All right, so today's gear, Mag Guts, takes your mags to the next level. I came across the company on social media recently, and they immediately piqued my interest. They've been around for a while and they make replacement internals for a number of magazines to increase capacity while adding no length or very little length. They have these for guns like the original Shield, the Glock 42 and 43, the Ruger LCP, but they recently came out with the Mag Guts for the P365. 
Replacing the internals in the 10-round or 12-round magazines gives you two extra rounds with almost no increase in length, which is insane considering how tightly packed those mags already are. It's not released yet, but they're working on a plus two kit for the 15-round magazine as well, which will even reuse the factory base, so it will have zero increase in length. All their mag parts are supposed to maintain reliable feeding and proper side lock on empty, which is something that I was thinking about in my mind. Because, oh, that's great. Just change out the spring and now you can add two more rounds. But if it's going to cause issues, then that's not really going to help anybody. They use a wide flat spring opposed to a conventional wire spring and a smaller follower. Yeah, so that's how they kind of get around that. But I've said it before, the more ammo that your gun can carry, the better. People argue with me all day like, well, if you can't hit your target in three shots, you have bigger issues. But again, you're shooting under pressure. You're going to be in a compromising position. Maybe you're shooting with your non-dominant hand. Maybe there's more than one person. Worst case scenario, you have more ammo and you don't use it. I definitely want to see if I get my hands on one of these and see how it is. I guess the kit is $34, which is pretty good. But yeah, that company is called Mag Guts. Stupid, funny, cool, interesting, awesome, as f- Never mind. AF. Today's AF segment is actually pretty funny. Secret Service interfered in the case of Hunter Biden's lost pistol. Well, I say it's funny because I- have you ever watched the show Shameless on Netflix? I haven't. Okay. Well, if you ever want to feel really good about your life, watch Shameless. <laughs> <laughs> If your life is a disaster and it's in pieces and you think there's just no moving forward, watch Shameless because it'll make you feel like you have your shit together. (laughs) This is something I actually didn't know about Hunter Biden's relationship, but okay, let's backtrack. So this story actually came out last year, but almost no one was aware of it thanks to the refusal of mainstream media to cover anything negative about Biden because of the presidential elections. The case begins with a bizarre story of Hunter Biden and his sister-in-law, Haley, who he became romantically involved with after his brother, Bo, died in 2015, which I didn't know this. Did you know this? I knew that part. I didn't know about the gun, though. Okay. After some sort of domestic dispute in October 2018, Haley searched his truck because of, quote unquote, suspicions she had and found the 38 revolver. She took the pistol and threw it in a public trash can near a grocery store on October 23rd. When Hunter, Very responsible. I know, exactly. When Hunter <laughs> found out, he told her to go back and get it, but it was already gone. Delaware police were eventually contacted to search for the missing pistol, and there was concerns because the trash can happened to be next to a school. Not only a grocery store, but the grocery store was by a school. The really disturbing part is that while police were interviewing them, two Secret Service agents attempted to take the 4473 Hunter filled out from the dealer who sold him the gun. The FFL dealer refused to give them the form as he suspected they were trying to hide something. Eventually, copies of the 4473 from October 12, 2018 showed that Biden responded no to a question on the transaction record that asked, are you an unlawful user of or addicted to marijuana or any depressant, stimulant, narcotic drug, or any other controlled substance? Yeah. His response came five years after he was discharged from the Navy Reserve after testing positive for cocaine. He and his family have publicly discussed this. And more recently, there's been photographs of him using drugs and having inappropriate relationships with potential underage individuals that I guess they got from his laptop. 
But lying on the form is a felony, although the U.S. Government Accountability Office uh, reported that prosecutions for lying on a form are rare. While Biden and his sister-in-law were questioned by local police, Secret Service agents apparently asked the owner of the store where Biden bought the gun to hand over the paperwork related to the sale. Joe Biden did not officially have Secret Service protection at the time, but other reports confirm at least some involvement in security matters for him during the period. The Secret Service respond was that they had no involvement in the incident, which was BS. No charges or arrests came of the missing gun event. The gun was reportedly handed in days after the investigation started in 2018 by a person who regularly digs through the grocery store's trash to collect recyclable items. I mean, nice. it's just, yeah. But uh, I yeah, swear. Let's talk about safe storage. Yeah, no kidding. <sighs> let's talk about government corruption. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the media. That's why the average common American is so disgusted. And the majority, well, I'd say the majority still, I would hope the majority could see what's going on. No. And recognize how far down this road we are and that we need to do something else besides what we're doing. What's sad, though, is I don't think the majority does recognize this. I've seen even take, for example, this past year, just the amount of students that I've had. I've been an instructor for nine years and I taught more students this year than any other year. And a lot of them were just new gunners, people that have never touched a gun before. And just their way of thinking and what they were saying. I think COVID's like a perfect example. Even these mask regulations, it wasn't okay, they made a rule where, okay, you could do this, you can't do that. It changed from different places. And so oh, yeah. it made it made masks kind of like, oh, okay, cool. So I have to wear it when I'm walking through the restaurant, but once I sit down, I could take my mask off. Or they made it so that they wouldn't serve liquor after 10 PM because apparently that's when COVID comes out. And it was just so stupid and so inconsistent. Yeah, exactly. That's the word that I was looking for. So, so inconsistent, but nobody even questioned it. And that was the nope. scary thing for me. And I always thought, nah, something happened. People aren't going to comply. They're going to be aware of what's going on. Their eyes are going to be open and they're oh, not no. going to comply. And I feel like this was the perfect example of, hey, what can we make them do that's extremely stupid and wear a mask? Now they're saying. Yeah. And now they're saying, oh, wear two masks. The minute somebody shows up and they're wearing two masks around me, I immediately, I just don't even want to be around them. I can't. It's so hard for me to keep a straight face. Yeah. I just flew yesterday. So I saw a lot of those double masks and everybody's just, they are okay with it. So that's, you know, that's another signal that we're in trouble and that propagandizing works. I mean, the human brain is definitely influenceable and Mm -hmm. there's nothing to think that they don't have all the control. I mean, they flex their muscles after the January 6th incident and they shut the president of the United States down. They shut uh, a bunch of conservative voices down and they continue to yeah. if you one by 81 million people. Uh, why do you have a fence around it? Why is that necessary? If you're legitimately there then, yeah. and, and that's the truth, I don't, that doesn't make any sense to me. I know. I completely agree. And then to top, I, mean, I was debating talking about this for the AF segment, but Krispy Kreme, they are not oh, yeah. giving away free donuts to anybody who got their vaccine, their COVID vaccine shot. Yeah. And we'll forget about obesity, which is pretty much probably one of the main reasons why if people do get COVID, they end up dying because <laughs> obesity has killed how many people with or without COVID due to yeah. diabetes, all kinds of issues. 
but let's give you a donut every day. And I don't know. It was just nuts. And then I've also noticed people that are wearing the double masks and stuff. They're also super obese or just doing stuff that isn't healthy, but yet they're so concerned with their health otherwise. And yeah, just don't get me started. This is things that people need to think about. And I know my listeners are a lot smarter, so it's not like I'm really talking to you guys, but I think we can all agree that there's just a lot of people out there that just do not think for themselves. And it's extremely scary. Well, you touched on it before, too, about the people in our space, especially those with very large followings, they're scared or they refuse to talk about the State of the Union and politics. And that is, I've had people, you know, people say that they don't want the educate, not legislate shirt because they don't, they don't do politics. Uh-huh. I was like, well, it's a good thing that the Second Amendment's nonpartisan and for everybody. Yeah, no you know, kidding. Stop playing their game. And start speaking the truth. It's your livelihood. Absolutely. So that's where I do feel like our side can. If you're if you're not speaking up and you're not being heard, then you're not helping. Yeah, exactly. And I think I know exactly who you're talking about. And because even when all this stuff was going on with the braces and people were trying to spread the word, and then there were some people that would ask certain content creators, like, hey, why aren't you saying anything? Oh, no, I stay away from politics. And I just lost so much respect for these people because whether you want to discuss politics or not, you're literally sharing a link and asking people, hey, can you back this up and just sign your name so that it doesn't go into effect? It's not that hard to get active, but it's one of those things that I just find so hard to believe because you're literally making a living off of the firearms industry. Firearms being legal, you are making a living. And for you to just not want to get involved, when it could all disappear tomorrow is just incredibly ridiculous to me. Right. It is going to disappear. It's just, I guess they're trying to ride the train as long as they can, but Mm -hmm. uh, that seems like a very short sighted course of action. (laughs) Yeah. And for those, I can't tell you how many people I meet. Nah, they're never going to ban guns. And it's just so funny that people actually think that, that they just think, Oh, well now we're always going to have guns. It's fine. They just want to quote unquote, implement common sense gun laws, but they're not trying to take away your guns. Like, it's just so incredibly stupid. And that's why in the last couple of years, I've gotten so political, which I never had before. I would never discuss politics. I had neither. I had neither until five years ago. And literally it was like a light bulb. Jerry Mitchell was a part of it. Myself and Ryan and Jerry and Lena were on the East Coast at a match and we had another match on the East Coast. So we were being tourists. And Washington, D.C. And a friend of mine said, hey, do you want to meet your legislator? And I was like, ah, I guess. I don't care. (laughs) So you do when you're in Washington, D.C. But it was during that meeting with him. I was like, hey, is there something that we should be doing to educate the people in this building that are making some really misinformed decisions? And that's where the D.C. project started. Wow. Well, I'm really glad that you started it. And I think that women's voices are extremely important, especially in the firearms industry. So keep up the great work. Well, thank you. All right. So last segment, just iTunes reviews. We are actually all out of iTunes reviews. So if you guys haven't left a review on iTunes, please do so. And it gives you a chance to win a calendar, either an AF or a gun funny calendar. Today's review, the first one is Maximum Bob titled Entertaining and Informative Five Stars. I can't wait for new episodes to drop on Mondays. I always learn something new and get to learn about interesting people in the industry. Second is CJ402 titled Awesome Show Five Stars. 
Great show for binge listening. So much valuable information on the 2A new gear, plus a whole lot of fun too. Mm -hmm. Keeps me alert and interested on long drives. Any chance Tickles has a relative I could adopt? (laughs) No, unfortunately, Tickles was fixed. Tickles is my little dog. And it kind of breaks my heart because she's getting gray now. And man, I wish I could just clone her or if she had puppies. I don't know. But yeah, she doesn't have any relatives that I know of. Dan, if you can pick a winner, either the first or the second reviewer. Oh, I'm going to go with the second because they asked about the dog. Yeah. Okay. CJ402, (laughs) contact me. Just go to gunfunny.com. Click on the contact us form and let me know what calendar you'd like. And I'll have that sent out to you. And you guys can find me at gunfunny.com. There's links to everything. If you guys want to check out my new review of the Smith & Wesson Shield 9 Plus, it's at youtube.com forward slash Ava Flanell, but there's a link on gunfunny.com. If you want to support the show, you should consider becoming a Patreon. It gets you access to our Patreon-only Facebook group, which is a lot of fun. You also have the chance of winning a $300 gift certificate to Blown Deadline, who does amazing Cerakote jobs. He's setting the stage, doing new stuff that people in the industry aren't even doing yet. Also want to thank the $25 patrons who are Corbin Bonafide, Iraq Veteran 8888, Ryan Morrison, Joe Lyons, Justin Paulson, Jason Anderson, Joshua Hamp, Sportsman's Guide, Daniel Treadwell, Keith Calamore, and Melissa Ridings. King of the Patreon, Jon Snow, he wants me to say that Paper beats rock, rock beats scissors, and scissors beats paper, but operator tickles beats all three at the same time. (laughs) And Diana, thank you again so much for taking the time to chat with me. Can you just remind listeners once again where they can find you on the internet and where they can make donations and get active and all that good stuff? Sure. Well, personally, I am on Facebook as Diana Muller 3Gun. On Instagram, I'm Di3Gun. And then the DC Project, you can find out information at dcproject.info. And remember that Jerry Michalik has a raffle that's uh, dcproject.info slash raffle. It's a $20 ticket and it gets you training with Jerry, shooting with Jerry and a shotgun. And then also the Ambassador Academy is at ambassadoracademy.info. All right. Awesome. We'll definitely go and get those raffles. I'm assuming you could buy more than one raffle ticket. Oh, you can. You can buy thousands of dollars. And those two entities, the DC Project is on Instagram and Facebook as well. And I would love their support there to drive those numbers because, you know, as long as we can have those platforms, people do look at that. And the the bigger the numbers we have, the better we look. Definitely. I'm actually going to go and share it on my story right now. Thank you. Of course. All right. Well, on that note, I'm out of here because I got some posting to do. Thanks for doing everything you do. Of course. Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.